Hello and welcome. Hello and welcome to Book Journeys Radio. What an exciting last 90 seconds I have had. Oh my goodness. This is Angela Gloria from Journey Girl Publishing. So excited to be here. I did not know if I was going to make it. Uh, so um, don't let your virtual assistant change your password 30 minutes before your radio show. Oh, wow. Well, um, I am really excited to be here with a very special guest for me, uh, a personal friend and uh, a wonderful author. And um, unfortunately, I have not had a chance to greet her. I usually like to greet my guests before the show begins, but I did not do that today. So I'm going to greet her here in front of our whole audience. Uh, Jamie, are you here? I am, Angela. Hi. Hi, Jamie. (laughs) Everybody, I am so excited to introduce you to Jamie Wolf and her exciting work. I think that you are really going to get a lot out of hearing about her book, The Start Over, um, which was just released, I think, within the last two weeks. Right, Jamie? That's correct. Okay. So what we try and do here every week on Book Journeys Radio is – um, I, I start off with the author by talking about their book. Um, so we want you to tell everyone about your book. And then what we'll do for the next 20, 25 minutes or so is we'll talk about the process of writing, publishing, and now a little bit we'll talk about promoting your book. So, um, But let's just start. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell them about the start over. Well, thanks, Angela. So I'm Jamie Wolf. And I wrote a book called Start Over, Start Now, 10 Keys to Success in Business and Life. And what I do is I help people who've experienced unexpected or unwelcome change start over and live the life of their dreams. And the start over in its 10 keys gives um, a framework to how to start over. And it it really gives you a strategy and, and keys to go through whether you are trying to start a business, whether that's your start over, or whether they're just some habits and behaviors of successful entrepreneurs that you could apply to your own everyday life in places that you're stuck. So it's a it's a journey story, um, and there's a lot of different stories in it and examples, and it's also some very strategic mapping of how to, how to start over and move forward and um, be successful and have that life of your dreams. Well, Jamie, I think we had a little technical problem there, but um, I one of the things that comes up uh, with a lot of people that I work with on writing their book is that they have had something personal happen to them, um, a hard lesson that they had to learn, and they want to help other people. They want to teach other people. And at the same time, they don't necessarily... Um, they don't necessarily only want to work with people who have gone through the exact same challenges that they went through. They want to make that um, they want to make that broader 
that is sort of the case with your book. You had your own start over that had to do with a layoff and some family stuff, but the book really apply, applies more broadly. How did you make that transition from what you learned in your own life to helping others? Um, well, it's a little bit of a, um, a story. I was sort of living parallel lives, so I had stuff going on in my own personal life that obligated me to start over. But at the same time, I had a wonderful opportunity to work with many, many entrepreneurs. So I'd been an entrepreneur myself. I'd started a, a tech company. Um, and then I had the opportunity to coach and train a lot of other entrepreneurs. And in doing that, I found some patterns of places that they got stuck, issues that they ran into. You know, a lot of entrepreneurs will say, oh, my God, I can't make payroll this week. And if there are any entrepreneurs listening, that's a pretty familiar familiar and scary place to be. Um, so entrepreneurs would have trouble finding money. They'd have trouble finding good employees. They'd have trouble making payroll. They'd have trouble finding attracting new customers, a lot of growing pains. And there were just habits and behaviors that those um, – people really could benefit from. So the book addresses a lot of those, and at the same time I saw parallels to those ways of needing to um, recover from mistakes and learn how to develop yourself and ways of hearing messages and information that was coming to you um, and learning how to use that, things like learning how to network, whether you know, you're starting over for the first time in a new town and you just don't know anyone, or you're trying to do it from a professional viewpoint, you need to learn how to know how to do some of those things comfortably. So it was a way for me of putting all of these disparate experiences together into a framework that just about anybody could use in certain situations, and it's really a way of giving back because what I found most when I was starting over is the phenomenal generosity of the human spirit, and so many angels showed up for me when I had no idea what I was going to do next, and they helped me out, and now I really want to do that for other people. Yeah, I think that's so powerful, and it reminded me when you were talking a little bit of um, when you're working on with somebody on a resume, if you're working on a resume, they always tell you to look for the transferable skills, Mm -hmm. and it seems like you really found like the transferable lessons and then uh, applied them kind of more generally, but so that people can make them specific to themselves. So instead of, you know, zooming in on something specific you did for one client on your resume, looking at what's the broader skill that anyone uh, who might be interested in working with you could apply. So I think that's a great lesson. The next thing I really want to talk about um, is you, you've referenced a couple times something I think is really important, which is the idea of a framework. So um, especially when you are working on a a how-to book or a self-help book, something where you're teaching, um, helping people to understand that with a structure. And I think you mentioned you have 10 keys. Is that what you have? Talk about your framework and how you came up with it. Um, So from the very first book that I wrote, and I've now actually written – 13, although um, within the last year and a half. (laughs) Um, But that's not quite as amazing as it sounds because there's one full-length book that's 250 pages and all the other ones are shorter. Um, But the... So for my very first one, I was new at the game and I thought, well, you know, what's the average length of a book that 
I can read that's not so overwhelming that I won't pick it up and put it down and give up on it, um, but long enough that it gives me depth and enough information that I want. And I was looking at it, and that looked around 200, 250 pages. And so I'm just kind of a numbers person and a list person. And it's like, okay, 200 pages, you know, if I break that up into 10 chapters, that's 20 pages a chapter. I can do that. Um, so for me, it was segmenting. You know, what does it look like? What's a, a structure that I can put to it? What's an achievable goal? And, you know, if it was a little less or a little more, that still seemed like something achievable. And then as I was processing what sorts of things that I felt like were important to share with other people, I started just doing research, and I actually just created piles. And for a while, my living room was a scary place to be because I had piles. And so I just created like 10 stacks of books that I'd read, articles that I'd read, um, pictures that I'd pulled out that reminded me of something that I wanted to say. So I really chunked it out, and I made it somewhat physical and tangible for me to go see so that it would either spur my thinking or, um, you know, it's it, for me it was easier to pare down after I had enough stuff because my fear as a, a new author was, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to have enough to say and enough to um, share. And probably most authors will say at the end that's not the problem they have at all. They say, right. Um, but that's how I started. That's great. And um, one of the things I like to talk about is, when was the first idea for this book? And then how long did it take you until you went from the idea to holding the book in your hand? Um, so my first idea for it was probably um, just a little over two years ago. Um, I first started thinking, I mean, probably since I was like four, I thought I was going to write a book, but, you know, like many, many people, it's like someday I'll write a book, someday I'll write a book, but it became quite real for me and quite compelling two years ago that I publicly made the statement, I'm going to write this book. It's a story that needs to be told. I think I can make a difference. I think I can help people. I'm going to write this book. And I um, saw a number of helping courses online saying, you know, write your book in like four minutes or six days or six weeks, uh -huh. or, you know, 90 days, things <laughs> like weekend. that. And, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And so um, one friend and coach did say, you know, pick a porch date. And I had just watched the movie um, Julie and Julia. And in that movie, Julia Childs actually gets her cookbook, her first ever book delivered to her on her porch. And they made a big deal of it in the movie. And it's like, okay, that resonates with me. I don't really have a porch, but, um, you know, I like that idea of getting my books delivered to my porch. So I'm going to pick a porch date. I missed that date by a year. Um, but what I did do is I accomplished that book and more in a year and a half. Um, well, like oh, just under 24 months from the first concept of here's what my title is, here's what my 10 chapter headings are, here's what my subheadings are, to having a book in my hand. Mm. And did you have a writing schedule that you really stuck to, or how did you, how did you actually go about getting those, getting those subheadings filled in? Um, I did put on a calendar um, block time, and the idea of come hell or high water, this is going to be the time I write. Um, 
I didn't do that. Uh, it, it just my schedule just doesn't. I'm not good at sticking to stuff like that. So I really found that I would write early in the morning, or I would write late in the evening sometimes, or sometimes I would just get really lucky and have two or three days where I didn't have anything else to do. Um, usually that was when my level of panic was kicking in that I wasn't making enough progress and I would kind of try and clear like a Friday plus a weekend and, you know, start maybe Friday at 5 and finish Sunday at, you know, late um, and write for that whole time. So although I did try to visit it regularly, um, one of the things that actually took me the longest time is actually after I created all the piles, so I created you know, sort of a basic framework of what I wanted to do, and I had ideas of what the headings were going to be, the chapter titles and the subheadings, and I gathered all this material together. It took me a really long time to write the first couple of sentences, and I just got to the point where, okay, I've just got to start writing something. Um, And then once I got past that, I just set a date that I wasn't going to, and I I promised my... (laughs) Okay, I probably shouldn't say this out loud. I'm a Dunkin' Donuts, you know, junkie, and I promised myself uh, like a Dunkin special Donuts trip. Junkie. To... I didn't know we shared that. <laughs> nice. I promised myself a special trip to Dunkin' Donuts if I could get through the first page, um, and I did that, and I got to go to Dunkin' Donuts, and after that, it was easy. Wow. I, I mean, another terrific takeaway to really just coming up with rewards that don't. I mean. Dunkin' Donuts coffee doesn't have to be, or Dunkin' Donuts donuts. You know, it's not not a big expense, and it's not a big splurge, but it's really something that motivated you, and tapping into that, I think, is the key. I mean, Dunkin' Donuts might not motivate somebody else. It might be Starbucks. (laughs) Personally, I think Starbucks burns their beans, and I don't like their pastries, but... Uh, that's because I'm from New England, so that's what happens. But um, <laughs> but I think, you know, great idea in terms of building rewards into the process. Right. And um, and so I think that uh, that that process that, or that experience you talked about where it was hard uh, to kind of get the first sentence or two on the page, would you describe that as writer's block? What would you describe that that as? So, um, my my description for it, and maybe maybe it is writer's block, and I just don't recognize what that is. But my description was more um, a lack of confidence, and so mm. uh, periodically throughout the course of writing the book, I would, um, you know, some days your energy is just lower, and I would go, "Who the hell do I think I am?" You know, what could I possibly say that someone hasn't already said before? This topic, in some ways, entrepreneurship, if you looked at it just from that narrow niche, has been covered ad nauseum. You know, I don't have a Ph.D. from Harvard in entrepreneurship, so who am I to tell anybody anything, especially since, you know, I screwed up and I have this huge failure in my background? It could be perceived as that. You know, who am I to tell anybody anything? And so on those days when my confidence was very low and the the messages that um, friends, and I have to give a big shout-out to my daughter. She was one of the people who really pushed me a lot, said you just, you know, people learn in different ways. And um, 
the beauty of teaching is that sometimes you need to find like seven or eight different ways to say the same thing because it resonates differently with different people. So maybe somewhere in your 200 pages there will be one sentence or one concept or one thought that will hit one person on the day they need to hear it and it'll just be the right thing. And who are you to deny them that opportunity? So get over your ego and get over your being, you know, um, not very confident and put it out there. It doesn't have to fix everything for everybody, but if you can change one life, you've made a difference. And so that, yeah. um, it wasn't like a writer's block. It was a confidence block for me. And yeah. I, I did learn not to, to write on the days. That... No, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say I did learn not to write on the days that I was feeling particularly shaky. I did learn not just to let it go on those days and go do something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to say the the concern that you brought up, the fear that you brought up of who am I to write this book, I have coached over 100 life coaches that have lots of tools for how to deal with, you know, self-esteem and confidence. And Mm -hmm. some of them are very successful. And, you know, most of them are very, uh, very confident normally. And they all, the number one thing I hear, and there has not been one client that I've worked with that hasn't said, who am I to write this book? It's I, I believe it is the number one thing that holds people back. And I wonder what books I haven't gotten to read because somebody was thinking, who am I to write this book? One of the most powerful books that I've, um, I've, I have a large collection of books on weight loss. And, you know, you talked about entrepreneurship. I, I don't think there are many people that buy books on entrepreneurship that only buy one book <laughs> in that category, right? So I've Good probably point. got 20 books on entrepreneurship, and God knows I've got 20 books on weight loss. And one, the one book that was the most powerful to me was not from, you know, a Harvard nutrition guru who has always been on the insurance chart chart weight, you know, limit. Right. You know, the most powerful weight loss books are from people who have gained a lot of weight and figured out how to lose it and keep it off. So um, so the the challenges that you've faced and gone through are, are precisely the thing that for somebody might take them somewhere an ivory tower perspective might not. Not to say the ivory tower perspective is wrong, because that brings something else to the discussion, but there needs to be a lot of voices uh, in the room, and I am definitely uh, so glad that your daughter pushed pushed you that way. I think everybody needs, whether it's a coach, whether you work with a book coach, um, or whether it's a friend or a family member or a combination of all of the above, but you really need a champion to hold your hand as you go through the process because, as you said, I mean, it took you a year to two years, probably a year of actually working on your book to finish it. And that's a marathon. You know, that's not, if it was easy enough to do in a weekend and crank something out, maybe you could do it without having support. But for a year-long project, you really do need support. Absolutely. Um, I, I would strongly encourage everybody to, you know, probably hiring a coach is a really good idea as well because 
as much as I appreciate my daughter um, for me and, you know, having a family member, sometimes they give you permission to, you know, wiggle out of a commitment and sometimes they tell you what you want to hear because they're being nice, whereas a coach will probably um, push you a little bit more and keep you accountable. And because it is kind of a marathon journey, um, it's hard to always keep moving forward. So having that person there for you in a professional sense really will let you finish the project. And I really, really, really encourage people, if you think you have a book inside yourself, don't sell yourself short and judge yourself before you get it out there. Go ahead and write it and get someone to help you do it. Yeah. So let's turn a little bit to how you're getting your book into the world. Um, A lot of people come to me, um, one of the things I offer is a should I self-publish decision toolkit because so many people came to me and said, how do I know, should I self-publish or should I get an agent, should I try and find a publisher, do I work with one of these um, companies that charge you, but you get to keep the rights to your book, but you pay up front, um, vanity publishers or or author-funded publishers. So how did you go about making the decision for publishing your book, and how did you publish it? Um, So I self-published, and I came to that decision um, because I wanted to keep learning. So my first part of my learning journey was how to write the book and how to put it together and how to pick a title and how to write the back cover copy. And then my second part of learning is I really wanted to understand how do you do layout and design? How do you get a cover designed? How do you buy an ISBN number and how do you understand all the copyright things, and how do you get the book out. So I I did self-publish. I did use an editor. I did use a professional layout and design people. I did have someone design a a nice cover for me. So I put a team of contractor outsourced people together that brought their level of professionalism to it um, so that the finished product would look really good. And then I used Lightning Source for the, um, the paperback, and then I used Book Baby for the digital. So I actually became a publisher in order to work with Lightning Source. And I did go ahead, because I have some family members over in Australia, I thought, wouldn't it be nice if they could actually buy this book and have you know it printed over there? I don't have to mail it all the way from here. So I signed up for the different um, opportunities with Lightning Source to get it published in different geographical locations around the world. And then with Book Baby, they um, work with, they distribute with quite a number of different um, digital publishers. Frankly, some of which I've never even heard of, um, but now it's out there. It's it's available in those forms. And uh, did you consider like working with an agent or trying to get a publishing contract? Was that something that you thought about? Um, I did think about it, and. Um, one of the reasons I chose not to pursue a, a publisher is I was a little hesitant on the whole book proposal. It felt like I would be writing another book plus a business plan, and mm. I wasn't really sure that I was ready to do that. If you talk to me again in six or 12 months, I 
may have changed my mind. Um, <laughs> I, I, I was not ready to do that quite yet, and um, I was also a little cognizant that maybe I don't yet know enough about all of the publishing rights issues, and so I just wanted to have I'm a little bit of a control freak. I wanted to have it, you know, all under my control for now. So I, I didn't decide to go with a publisher um, for those reasons. And, it, and when you said talk to me again in eight ten months, does that mean you're actually considering going to a publisher now, even after your book is out? Um, no, but I am a, a firm believer that we need to be open to feedback. And if a year from now I'm not satisfied with what I've managed to do with marketing and promotions and sales, um, I have talked to a couple of mid-tier publishing houses that have looked at the book and they say the quality of all of it is really good, but maybe they could help me reach a wider audience if I were interested in that. So it's in the back of my mind that I need to stay open. I can't I can't be so directed that I'm positive I'm right in my approach. We'll see how I do. And if I'm not doing well, then in order to get the book out to where it needs to be, perhaps I, I will need to reconsider going forward. I don't know Well, yet. that's a great point. So what is what is your goal with your book? What's your metric you're looking for? Is it book sales or how are you using, is your book part of a bigger strategy? Um, my book is part of a bigger strategy. So I um, am looking at it as, yes, it's a tool to get out there to really help people, but it's also a measure of credibility. Now I am a published author and um, you know that was one of the things when I first started writing to get to practice saying that phrase of I'm an author of an upcoming book. And you know, the first mm-hmm. ten or twenty times that I said that I felt so hollow. <laughs> um choked but, on it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it it just it seemed a little weird, but you know, now I really am. I'm an author not only of one book but of many books. Um so um having that credibility, having the book is um uh to show that first of all uh, my 10 keys work uh, because I followed them and it allowed me to finish and accomplish something that I had set out to do. And it has really altered a lot of different things that I'm doing. But it's there for credibility and it's there for part of a larger plan. So the idea of launching some online courses and uh, online teleseminar series to reach more people and really start pushing the whole um, marketing end of it. Mm-hmm. Terrific. And you did some companion books, which is a little bit different. Um, and do you pay, do they come with the book, or do you buy each one separately? How does that work? Um, so they are available as part of a bundle. And actually, because I really feel that people learn have different learning styles, the everything that I've done created is available in print version, in digital version, so it's easy for people to get in audio and in video. So some people just absorb information differently. I've become a real junkie of things that I can listen to in the car when I'm taking long drives. So I really appreciate information that's available on a CD. Um, So all of my material is available in different formats. You can purchase each thing differently. So there is a workbook that accompanies each of the 10 chapters in the book. And part of that is because people, again, really learn by doing. Um, so what I'm doing here is, you know, 
talking too much, but a lot of people will get information better if they can interact with it. So if they can fill in the blank or they have to come up with questions or they can match things or, or just do interactive storytelling. I've created workbooks that allow people to do that so that the information hopefully makes more sense and stays longer. So there's a workbook for each chapter in the book so people get it, but they can also listen to it or watch it. And so you can buy the whole package or just the book or some additional pieces that I've, resources that I've put together, and that's all available online that people can get to. Well, uh, if people want to check out, if people want to check out how you have set that up, what's the website they can go to? Um, the website is thestartover.com, so that's all one word, www.thestartover.com. Excellent. Well, in our final uh, minute or so, I wondered if you would want to leave our listeners who are thinking about writing a book um, or in the early stages, what what last piece of advice would you leave them with? Um, I would say go for it and start today. Um, one of the the things that helped me in validating what I was doing, and this is always important for entrepreneurs, is to validate the market a little bit. As I was writing, I did share what I wrote with colleagues. So friends and family was good, but also with other people who um, knew the space that I was talking about a little bit so that I could get their feedback. It was scary to do that. Um, you are putting a piece of yourself out in public, but it was good practice because it was early on and I could incorporate their feedback and that let me um, ultimately create a more solid, valuable product for people now that it, it's really out in the open. So I would say absolutely if you want to do this, don't give up, just get started do get a coach. That probably really helps a lot. And be willing to share parts and pieces of it, if not the whole thing, along the way because um, the feedback that I got was encouraging and a lot of people, even some of you know the stuff that was maybe hard to hear, um, it was still very valuable. And people, I think, overall really want to help. And it's amazing how much help you get once you finally you know, take Put that step there. to ask for it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jamie Wolf, sorry we had some technical difficulties at the beginning of this call, but it has been wonderful to have you. Everybody check out Start Over by Jamie Wolf. And so we'll it's always wonderful to talk to you. Journey. <laughs> bye bye. All right, bye bye. <laughs>